Welcome to Wikipedia Radio. Wikipedia Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted fully embodies this verse as they aid and equip some of the most precious of the household of faith in Nigeria. They give physical aid, spiritual training, set up alarm towers to alert of dangerous invasions. They build schools and orphanages in Nigeria. If there is a need for the persecuted Christian in Nigeria, equipping the persecuted meets it. And you can partner with this worthwhile mission and find out more at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. I'm your host, Pastor Sam. And in today's episode of Wikipedia Radio, well, it's a little bit of an interesting one. We're going to be talking about equipping the persecuted, but we also want to let you know that this is going to be our, our final radio episode for Wikipedia Radio, but you can still find us uh, at Wikipedia Podcast. You can go ahead and follow us over on Wikipedia YouTube channel. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever it is. We're going to continue this mission. We're going to continue this journey, but we're taking a little bit of a different route in this coming year. But I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. And so with that, let's introduce our team here who's with us today. Like always, joining me, I've got Kyle, Mr. Witt himself, and Micah, Pastor Micah. How are you guys doing? Did you guys have a good Christmas? Oh, yeah, it was a really good Christmas. Uh, got everything that I was hoping for this year. Uh, wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, you should ask me what I got. Uh, but well, well, what'd you get? No, what'd you get, Kyle? What'd you get? Oh, no, Are you going to just keep didn't. it keep, keep it in uh, suspense here? Going to keep everybody in suspense? I'm going to keep everyone in suspense. Uh, you're not going to get to see the socks that I got. They are my socks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I, I love getting socks for, for Christmas because I love wearing Can't funny confirm. socks. In, in fact, if, if you were to look at me right now, I'm wearing funny socks. I, I don't remember what funny socks I'm wearing because I, I just wear them all the time. But I, I, anyway, Pastor Mike, did you have a good Christmas? <laughs> yeah. You know, Christmas has been, um, it, Christmas has been great. I've gotten everything that I wanted, um, including, um, an AR 15, um, hint, hint at my wife. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> I wish, but, um, no, uh, it's, it's been, it's been great. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this episode and, to talking about uh, what's going on at equipping the persecuted. So, uh, yeah. How, I, and you know what, Sam, I've got to say this. Um, I, I can absolutely confirm that you wear all of those silly socks. Um, because, uh, when you were the senior pastor at faith Baptist in, uh, in Hudson, I saw them every single week without fail. I don't think you ever wore a normal pair of socks. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, wh why would you wear a normal pair of socks? I mean, the sermon is going to be serious enough. And if you're going to have your socks knocked off, you, you might as well have it be something that's kind of fun. But I I anyway, one thing to think about here when it comes to, to Christmas is that is as fun as it is to receive socks and as fun as it is that it might be to receive a, a, a Second Amendment friendly gift. What's even better than receiving gifts is giving gifts. And even though Christmas has passed here, we do want to go and give you an opportunity to give to a worthwhile ministry, and that is Equipping the Persecuted. And you could do that over at equippingthepersecuted.org. But before, well, I mean, you can go ahead and do that right now. If you're driving, maybe you should wait till you get home or something like that if you're listening to this on your way home from work. But 
Let's talk about equipping the persecuted to find out what all they do so that you can hear what your funds are going to go to, how they are going to help further the kingdom of God. Judd, Saul, how are you doing? You are the president and founder of Equipping the Persecuted, and you do so much uh, for those who are over in Nigeria. You go and you really do uh, put your life in danger. And, and so can you just tell us a little bit about Equipping the Persecuted? You know, where did this idea really start with Equipping the Persecuted? Well, the idea started, uh, I'd been going to Nigeria for several years, and I noticed that a lot of missions um, didn't have a uh, focus and didn't want to focus on helping persecuted Christians. And because they thought it'd be too political or might jeopardize what they have going on in their, you know, with their mission and it, and it, and it's messy and it's controversial. And, um, I just looked around and I started asking my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in Nigeria, you know, what if somebody taught you basic security awareness skills? What if we created a response team to respond to attacks within 48 hours? Um, and I got an overwhelming, um, yes, 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 we need this. We need this yesterday. We need it now. When can we get started? And so that's yeah. why uh, I decided to start equipping the persecuted. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible, Judd, just to, to, to go and to look at that, to go and to run towards controversy and in Kyle, you, you know, tell me, do Christians need to run towards controversy in, in, in a good way, in, in something that, that maybe isn't going to be good for the political spotlight? Maybe it's not going to be politically correct, but, uh, but it's going to be faithful to God's Word. Is that what we need today? Do we need to talk about the early Christians uh, tearing down the exposing walls in Rome? Do we need to talk about why we have hospitals when other people would run away from disease and illness, yet Christians would run towards it to care for people. I, I, that is the history of our faith, a faith that drives people to action and not just popular action, but action that costs them something. It could even cost them their life because they know that they're secure, yet they look at someone else and they go, if I, the wretch that I was, was worth my Lord dying for me, then that person's worth the risk. Absolutely. So yeah, that's yeah. that's Christianity. Amen. That's Amen. That's that's right. I mean that that is Christianity. And, and Judd, how how do you do some of these things? How what are some of the things that you do that you're putting uh, yourself at risk? And 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 of course, others who have teamed up in this ministry, they're putting themselves at risk uh, in, in order to to further the gospel there in Nigeria. What what are some of these things that you guys are doing? Well, within uh, 48 hours of an attack, um, we have our uh, local team there and uh, we find out, we assess the situation, find out what the needs are, uh, whether it's food, whether it's medicine, whether it's um, needing to take wounded to a hospital and help pay for their recovery and treatments, or whether it's um, going and training village security teams on security awareness and, and uh, uh, emergency response. Now, to us, this is kind of common sense to us. If we have an emergency here in the U.S., we can call an ambulance. We can dial 911, call the police. And we have more of a sense of confidence that somebody will respond to a crisis. Well, that they don't have that safety net in Nigeria. That doesn't exist. They don't have ambulances. To them, an ambulance is something they pick you up in when you're dead. 
Wow. Mm. So wow. this is so this is what you're dealing with in Nigeria. So how how is it risky? Well, we are sending our team, and our team goes into very dangerous territory to help within 48 hours of an attack. They didn't just attack and run away. Some of these guys are camping out maybe 10 miles out from where they just attacked. Um, our team has been shot at. Uh, our coordinator has had bullets fly through his windows. Uh, miraculously, he survived. Um, this this is not a game. This is life and death for these Christians out there. And uh, that's what our ministry is there to do. It's there to help them with their physical needs, but we also help with their spiritual and emotional needs as well. Wow. I mean, that that is absolutely incredible. And I know, you know, we, we just got through Christmas and uh, we're, of course we're still fresh thinking about the holidays and everything like that. And I know that uh, the, the holidays, it, it's not a time that evil stops. It's not a time that evil stops and sleeps or anything like that. In fact, just at the, the, the major holiday just before this over uh, in thanks during Thanksgiving time, there was a huge attack that happened there in Nigeria. Uh, Judd, could, tell us just a little bit about this attack. What happened over uh, Thanksgiving break is what we would call it, but we know that the wicked don't take a break from their their. No, evil they attacks. they don't take a break. Well, um, uh, a personal friend of mine, Pastor David, uh, it was his uh, uh, grandmother's village, and they came in and they they murdered uh, twenty people, um, including his aunt and uncle and two of his cousins. Um, another family, um, we, uh, we talked to one of the survivors and, um, an entire family, uh, of five was shot up. The, they broke into, to the house. Uh, the mom and the kids were trying to hide under a mattress. Um, they uncovered the mattress and they told them all to start praying. And as they were praying, they assassinated every one of them, even the little children. So we're, we're dealing with an evil that is hard for most people to imagine, but this is a reality of what Christians are facing in Nigeria. Well, and, and Judd, what, what is the aftermath after something like that? When, when, a, an entire family is is martyred for the cause of Christ when they're assassinated, and and even down to the little children. What what is what does the recovery look like that look like for that for both the Christians but also the village around that that is watching this happen? What what does that look like? How do you guys step in? What are some of the needs that individuals have and things like that after an incredible attack well, like that? Well, not not only do they murder people in the village, and it's a lot of times the, pe- the people that can't run the fastest are the elderly and the children are the ones they usually get. And then anybody that, um, you know, one or two that try to stand their ground. Um, <clears throat> what happens is, is uh, they don't just kill people. They destroy everything in the village. They burn their entire year's worth of food storage uh, that they have. So villages, you know, they, they, they put all their food in a collective and that's how the village eats. The village eats one meal at night, maybe a meal in the morning, but it's usually one meal a day that they all share together and eat. And so they torch the entire food supply. And then, so what that leaves is, is no food, no possessions, no belongings. And then they're uh, moved to what, what I call an internal refugee camp. They're called IDP camps, internally displaced persons. So they're moved to these camps and then they're left to fend for themselves. Um, no farmland, no crops to farm. Their their jobs, everything they had has been wiped out. 
So then they got to figure out how to survive and live. And um, we've run into camps as big as 12,000 people uh, all the way down to 800 people. Um, This last attack is, is creating a camp now of about 300 um, that are survivors that are now um, uh, left to fend for themselves. So what, what do they do? We call them, we find out what they need. A lot of it's food supply. They need a new food supply. So we go buy giant bags of corn and grain and things. So, you know, so they can bake with, um, and then we try to bring hygiene products, um, you know, soap, basic things like that. And then next thing we try to assess is, are they going to be in an area where they have access to water? And a lot of times when they build these camps, they don't have access to water. So we try to come up with a solution to drill a, a well, a borehole, so they at least have clean water to get to. Otherwise, they have to result to, you know, going a few miles away and getting their water from a, in, a parasite infested, dirty stream. Wow. So, so I mean, it's it's everything. And I mean, that's that's the whole village that that needs ministering to. And of course, uh, it, it, you as Christians uh, who are going and saying, look, we need to go in to take care of the household of faith. You're running towards the problem. You're not running away from the problem. And of course, when you run towards the problem as a Christian, you're an ambassador of Christ. And so right. the gospel goes forth. And, 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 and you know, I, I just want to let everybody know you can you can give to this worthwhile mission at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. And, and you can really join in with this because th- there's really not many other organizations that are willing to go and to run towards the fire, run towards the danger that, that, that are going in, in, in doing this in, in yep. one of the har- hardest, hottest places in Nigeria. I mean, this is, this is just incredible. You know, Judd, I, I want to thank you for really standing up in, in doing this. Um, you know, Micah, when you hear all this and you hear about all this that has to happen uh, for a uh, for a village to recover, I know, I know you are a a a pa- or well, you, you've been a pastor to local church. You're involved in local church ministries. What would you say is the significance of supporting a, a mission like this? I'm not trying to say as opposed to to other missions because there are other missions that are good, but I mean this isn't uh, you know just the hey we're going to go give college students a slice of pizza. This is something yeah. much more than that, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. It is. It is so much more than that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, serving people in in that way. Um, there are a lot of little things that we can do in life um, that uh, can can help to fulfill what God has called us to do in this regard. But there is nothing quite like um, assisting your persecuted brothers and sisters um, in Christ, whether that's the people of uh, Nigeria or whether that's another country. In this case, we have a um, an obligation towards those who are of the, the household of God. Um, and those are our brothers and sisters. We have to think of them that way. And uh, we haven't met them yet, um, but they are our brothers and sisters. And these are um, these are people that God really, really loves. Um, this is, these are people that Christ died for just as much as he died for your physical neighbor, you know, next door. And um, the reality is that these people are in need of physical um, necessities that you and I take for granted every single day. You know, um, I, I can have clean drinking water. I can have food. Um, and oftentimes I don't even think twice about it. Um, but the reality is there are plenty of people out there um, like these persecuted Nigerian Christians 
and uh, and their neighbors who do not have these basic needs as a result of these horrific attacks. And so this is a way that we can fulfill um, the the commandment to love our brothers, um, as uh, it talks about in First John. Um, this is something that Jesus repeatedly told us. He told us that the world will know us by our love. And this is one of those ways that we can fulfill that um, is by helping those who are widows, helping those who are orphans, helping those who are um, in basic ne- in need of all of these basic necessities um, because of these horrific, horrific attacks. And uh, we can shine the light of Christ in a very, very dark place that way. And I'm grateful for uh, everything that's been done uh, by equipping the persecuted. And um, I pray that uh, everybody listening to this would support the mission mission of equipping the persecuted and would see how important this is. Um, people, pastors of local churches, please consider giving and, um, and encouraging those who are uh, in your care as God's flock to do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, uh, J- Judd, obviously when, when it comes to this mission, there, there is a lot of heaviness that comes to it. Uh, but but I do want to go into bring up some of the, the the great accomplishments also of this this mission. Uh, can can you tell us just a little bit about the school and the orphanage that you guys were able to uh, to start there in in Nigeria? Because I mean, it really is uplifting to hear about. Um, not you know obviously to hear about the destruction and the the, the death. It pulls at your heartstrings, but it it really does uplift the soul to hear about the victories that have happened in Nigeria as well. Mm-hmm. So in the last uh, year, well, um, in the yeah, in the last year and a half, we've been able to touch the lives of over a hundred thousand Nigerians. Uh, we've built an orphanage. Um, we now have seven kids. Fifteen are um, going to be on the way real soon, and fifty more are on the wait list. Um, so um, within the next year, we'll probably have capacity up to a hundred kids in our orphanage. Um, these are all kids whose parents have been murdered by terrorism. So um, we built that. That has been up. Um, we've built an IDP camp. We built a school next to an IDP camp. Um, we came across this camp that the government says doesn't exist. Uh, that's been there for a couple of years. And the kids haven't had any education. They haven't learned, uh, haven't had any form of education whatsoever. So um, God laid it on my heart. We're going to build a school here. So we built a school right outside an IDP camp that serves over 100 kids. Um, we don't charge anybody a dime. We cover the teachers, the, the curriculum, the staff, the uniforms, uh, the feeding them once a day at school. And, um, you know, the beautiful thing about our mission is, is um, God has provided the ability and resources for us to respond fast. And, to, and when certain needs are, are, are there and the resources are there, we're able to help provide. Um, we've added, uh, we have over a hundred widows on our ministry that we support monthly, uh, to help with the, and these widows, um, are, uh, most of their husbands were pastors who were murdered and we support wow. them, help support their families, uh, every month. And, you know, the thing about our mission is Sam, is that we do, we're not gimmick mission. We don't go there, take photos, raise money, and then walk away. Um, we regularly update everyone on a regular basis. This is what we're up to. This is what we've done. This is what we've accomplished. We update everything in real time. The technology is there. There's no reason or excuse not to show everyone what we've been accomplishing and what we've been doing. So 
we do what we say we do. There is no, there are no gimmicks and we are an open book. And when people consider giving to a mission, I can assure you that equipping the persecuted does what we say we do. And we're not vague in what we're doing. And if anyone has any specific questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. If they contact us at our website at equipping the persecuted.org. That's right. That, I mean, that's, that's really incredible uh, to, to, to really think about that with what you guys do as a mission. And, and you know, Kyle, I, I know that you have a heart for missions. In fact, uh, you've, you, you know, you've, you've endeavored in church planting, you've gone and done mission work. Uh, c- can you tell us kind of what you see as, as somebody who's been on the inside of missions uh, is maybe the difference between a, an average mission and equipping the persecuted. What, what do you see as the big difference between these two things? <laughs> well, the, I mean, the biggest difference I would say that I've seen with equipping the persecuted, basically echoing what Judge just said there about they're actually doing the work. I, here, I'll use an example. Uh, the Southern Baptist International Missions Board, which is kind of the... I, I'm pretty confident is the largest missions organization in the world. Uh, I just don't have a, you know, a pure number to say that definitively, but it's over half a billion dollars a year. Wow. That's a lot of money. And guess where over half of that money goes? Where? To the administrative side in the United States. They spend more money million? over. Wow. They spend more money flying people around the United States than they do flying missionaries around the world. Yeah, so that missions has become a term that you use when you want to get money. Mm. Equipping the persecuted, they're on the ground. I mean, look at the, the, the money that equipping the persecuted use, what they get per dollar versus what a another missions organization produces for 10 times that amount. Uh, it blows my mind. And if you know anything about economics, it makes sense. The US dollar, the purchasing power it has in a place like Nigeria is just gigantic. Mm-hmm. And, so and, and, and Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. You're gonna yeah, answer so, that better so anyway. So I'll, I'll just explain this, okay? We built an orphanage with a capacity of 100 kids, along with a medical clinic uh, and medical clinic slash medical school, uh, church on the property, building a church on the property, and cla- and a school and classroom for our orphans. Okay? All one compound. How many compound. millions of dollars did that cost? It cost us $300,000. Wow. And it look it doesn't look bad either. No, it looks and, it, nice. and it's and it's very 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 nice standards and a nice place. The IDP mm-hmm. camp school that we built outside of the IDP camp, guys, the entire structure with the classrooms inside of that place cost us around twenty thousand dollars for the wow. entire school building. Okay, that's putting in a water well. They got water there. We you know um, all that. All right, twenty thousand dollars to build a school out there. And then our, you know, our staffing costs, it's Nigeria. So the costs of staffing are extremely low, but we're able to be very effective. Our budget to run a school of a hundred kids with teachers, staff, and everything else is uh, somewhere shy around about 2,500 to 3,000 a month. 
Wow. That's a school for a hundred and some kids. How much does a Christian school cost to run here in the U.S.? Oh, uh, it's expensive now. Uh, right, I think right. it's like over $15,000 for on average now for just a Christian high school. For a student, for a student to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like have people understand a comparison. So when we raise funds, that's what it goes to. And we're able to do a lot with a little. And if we had more, we could do a lot more and have a bigger impact. That's, uh, and that's right. And that's, that's why you need to be giving to equipping the persecuted and you can find out where to give exactly and how to give at equipping the persecuted.org. Once again, that's equipping the persecuted.org. And I mean, really it is that God goes and he stretches the dollar further because it's not based in going and trying to, to, to build a brand here in the United States. It's going and saying, there's a need. We want to meet that need and we want to meet it in Jesus name. And yep. that's what's happening in Nigeria with equipping the persecuted. And, and you know, I, I am really thankful for that. In fact, one of the, the only places uh, that I know equipping the persecuted has spent um, outside of its, its, its mission, its, its proper mission has been on this radio show uh, for, for the last year, basically to go and to uh, promote this mission, because once again, equipping the persecuted runs towards danger. It doesn't run away from danger. And so I'm really thankful uh, for that. And as I just really had a great time doing this ministry, and of course, we're going to continue on with podcasting. It's just, it's a lot cheaper to podcast and we want the dollars hmm. to go towards the missions work. And so we would encourage you to keep following us on, uh, on the podcast and to keep listening uh, to this uh, program and to what we're doing and talking about in to keep giving to equipping the persecuted. But I do want to just give a little bit of time here uh, first to, to Kyle and then to Micah uh, to just tell a little bit about your experience and what you want uh, the audience to, to know going forward here um, about your time on this radio show. All right, Kyle, take it away. Well, Wikipedia radio has been just a phenomenal opportunity on my end, again, to just be able to platform these things for a hopefully different audience. Hopefully this is, has really reached and impacted people. Uh, but this, you know, these are conversations that we need to be having both what we had today talking about equipping the persecuted. We need to remember our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, but we need to also be bringing up what's going on in this country to stop the real serious physical persecution from starting in another country. Now, we can't prevent that from happening. God, in his good grace, is going to either spare that for the time in this country, or he's going to allow this country to slip. But either way, our marching orders don't change. Our marching orders are to fight. Fight for his truth. And I think this has been a wonderful opportunity to get to do that. And I hope that it has been an encouragement for other people to stand up and represent Christ and his truth in a world that is running away from it. Amen. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Right. I have to I have to echo what you're saying there, because I, I feel the exact same way about this. This has been a great program to be a part of. And, you know, it's, it's a real privilege and an honor to be able to share this information with um, this audience and uh, whoever you are, whoever's listening, 
Um, I pray that it has reached you and impacted you as well. Um, I think that uh, in our world today, it is so important that we stand rooted in the scriptures, that we are rooted in God's word first and foremost. And this has been um, a way that we can expose some of the some of the darkness that's going on in the world to the light of what God has to say in His excellent Word, and so I am grateful for the opportunity to have uh, to have been a part of this, and um, I am looking forward to what lies ahead with the podcast. Uh, as always, uh, you guys can go ahead and check that out as well, because um, we're going to be continuing this mission. Uh, this isn't the end uh, of what we're doing here. This is just the end of the radio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's right. That That's absolutely right. You know, I, I want to thank both of you guys for, for coming along on this journey and for doing this, because I know you guys have put an awful lot into this. Um, and it's, it, it's one of those things where it's, it, it's a time commitment. I mean, uh, we, you know, it's, it's a lot of times people think that people are, are rich on the radio, but the reality of it is, is that they're, they're, they're really not. That's, uh, that's not why we're doing this is because we get all this extra money and all this extra time and things like that. We all have, have lives. We all have, uh, families and we all have other, uh, things that are going on. And we're doing this because we want to bring the, the truth of God's word out to everyone. And we want to go mm, and warn amen. people, uh, about the woke, uh, issue and the, uh, bad theology that they bring in that. And, uh, I, I really do want to just give one more shout out, one more thank you to equipping the persecuted for going and running towards the danger, uh, and the danger in the United States and the danger across the world, uh, bullets and of course, uh, keyboard, uh, words that, that, that get slung at you. And I want to thank them for going and doing that. They are the sponsors of Wikipedia radio. And thank you everyone for listening to Wikipedia radio. Keep standing for the truth. And don't and go look.